Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, um, Art Rooney II, Anthony Weidel, Dan Colbert, as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. A roster that's now 5-8 and eight after a loss to the Ravens. Uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky, all I can say is unforgivable um, interceptions there. Or maybe one or two of them. Maybe you could maybe find it in your heart to forgive, but not the three in the red zone. Um, they're all close to the red zone. But what that means is that, really, the Steelers may not finish with a winning record in 2022. Um, and certainly, that would mean that they wouldn't be competing for a seventh Lombardi Trophy this year. Um, whether people think that even if they get a positive record is a whole other question because they'd still have to make the playoffs. Um, but it means I can't usually do building my the, my usual sort of way to start the show of building a winning roster in 2022 and beyond because we're one loss away from it only being a losing record in 2022. That doesn't mean there's nothing to take away from this season, but let's wait and see. Hopefully the Steelers can win four more games and win out. Uh, they've got a good chance hopefully, and in, in turning up to play against the Panthers this week and then going into the Raiders, and then they've just got to actually, you know, perform against their AFC North rivals in Baltimore and the Cleveland Browns to close out the season. So given that losing record would be Tomlin's absolute first, you know, losing season, it got me thinking, and this is what we're going to talk about in part one and part two, order the usual rookie side of things. Um, in terms of the stats for the Steelers side, and I'll talk about and preview the Carolina Panthers rookies. But it got me thinking around, well, Mike Tomlin has something in common with the Steelers rookies. And so here's five or six um, reasons, there's some sub-reasons as well, so maybe you might think of it being a bit more like six or seven. But here's six or seven things that Mike Tomlin has in common with the rookie class of this year for the Steelers, particularly the offense, that don't naturally just spring to mind. And so the first one of those is new experiences. Mike Tomlin has never had a rookie quarterback. Mike Tomlin is used to life in the NFL with Ben, just like the rookies are used to life in college football, not used to being in the NFL. And so, I mean, you'd hope by this stage in the season, they're a lot more used to it. But the reality is, is that a lot of coaches really struggle with that rookie quarterback. A lot of coaches come in and draft a rookie quarterback and, and you see how that goes. And that's why guys like Matt Rule, you know, don't survive. Uh, you, you know, um, same as uh, Adam, Adam Gase when he went to the Jets, don't survive. So when you think about Mike Tomlin, this is a really new experience for him, just as much as it's a new experience for the rookies. The next thing that I think Next sort of reason or area where I think there's such they Mike Tomlin really has more in common with his rookies than you may think. Um is well, he's got sons that have just that are in the college game right now, so he can relate a bit more interesting versus what we saw with the big Ben side of things and and the old Steelers, which I mean a lot of fans are still supportive of that Steelers way. Um and you know, not playing music at practice if we think back to Claypool and those sorts of things. But perhaps Mike Tomlin can relate. We saw the black shoe thing earlier this season as well, um, where they all had to wear the same shoe to the game. You know, there's, there's some quirky things like that. You see Mike Tomlin dancing in the videos as well in the from the locker room. Um, but that, that's just kind of a side little fun one. But back to the serious ones. Uh, the next reason I had on my list was flashes of brilliance, yet not quite consistent. I think 
particularly when we talk about performances of the Steelers rookies each week on this show, and as we will do it today, we see these flashes of flashes of brilliance from George Pickens and Kenny Pickett, and we're seeing more from DeMarvin Leal and Connor Haywood, and we've seen a little bit even if you count Jalen Warren, even though he wasn't drafted. You know, but it's not quite being put together. Now, that's not the rookie's fault. That, that That's to go with wider what's happening on the, with the team. But you're seeing the flashless brilliance, like, when we talk about George Pickens, only a couple of games he's had over 100 yards. Kenny Pickett's not thrown over 300 yards, but he hadn't thrown in his interception in four games. That's still the case because Trubisky threw them. Um, no, he's not never going to live that down for me. It's Mason this week in my mind if Kenny's not ready to go. But as I say, flashes of brilliance, consistency is an area of growth with this team. It's also kind of, you know, there's the saying one step forward, two steps back. I kind of feel like the Steelers given the promise and how many rookies they're relying on with the offense and the injuries that they've had on defense. I feel like it's kind of more two steps forward, one step back. But if you look at the record, it's very much one step forward and then several steps back. So obviously they won out the first game, then went on a four-game losing streak, beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, went on a two-game losing streak, beat New Orleans, went on a one-game losing streak. One, two games are on a one-game losing streak now. So... Now it's kind of interesting to see, and it's a, it's kind of, two, as I say, two steps forward, one step back. It's not like they're going one step forward and then they're losing like five games straight. Since the buy, they've particularly turned this around. Uh, that's also, it's kind of, in, and, and that's where Tomlin's got something in common with the rookies over the veterans in a way, if you look at my list, because with Kenny Pickett, that's that's who's played out since since um you know the taking over um against against the Jets. Obviously, he didn't finish the Tampa Bay game, but now he's got several games under his belt. And since the bye, they've been able to actually put together three out of four wins there. Um, sorry, or, or three out of five now. Um, you know, considering we lost the Baltimore game. But as I say, I, I think with the promise being showed, you could say two steps forwards, one step back. The other thing they've got in common is looking for fans to be patient. Now, this was particularly prominent early in the season. Um, and it kind of, it's funny, if you cut the first seven games that they played, um, the first, sorry, the first eight games that they played up into two halves, Mike Tomlin needed patience going into the Jets game. And then since then, Kenny Pickett needed patience um, as well. Together, they need a bit of patience right now. But there's patience overall, particularly on the offense, of letting this team come together. It's a very young offense. Like Deontay, I think, is 26. He's one of the oldest guys on that offense, 27. One of the oldest guys. Yeah, 27, I think he is. Um, yeah, he's 23 when he's drafted. So he's one of the oldest guys on that offense, not on the offensive line. And like, and from a playmaker perspective, that's really young. You know, this team have got a... Um, you know, from starting from starting on the offense. This team needs fans to be a bit patient. Now, that's not to excuse the run defense we had on the weekend or anything like it, but particularly from an offensive perspective where the majority of our rookies are really, apart from Mark Robinson, who's appeared in one game against Tampa Bay, and then, of course, to Marvin Leal, you know, the, the offensive rookies and Mike Tomlin have a lot in common here. The next reason is, look, we sort of, sort of alluded to it as we kicked off the show. Mike Tomlin is going to probably have his first losing season. Of all probability, if you look through, the ability for them to win out, to beat Baltimore on the road, to beat Cleveland in, in you know, week 17, they're probably, they are probably going to get Mike Tomlin's first losing season. Now, that'll also mean the first losing season for the rookies. Um, not just because it's their first season, but it'll be the first losing season for them. 
something that, and this is what's the interesting part. This is something that no rookie class in the Mike Tomlin era has ever had to face. No, I'll repeat that. No Mike Tomlin rookie class has had to face this issue. That's pretty incredible when you think about how many years this gentleman has coached in the league. 16 seasons. 16 seasons, no losing record. Now, equally, Mike, because of no losing record, Mike Tomlin has never finished worse than third out of four in the division. And he's only done it, tw- only come third twice. So this will be a first for Mike Tomlin in coming potentially last in the division. Now, I'm, I, I'm hopeful, particularly if they can beat the Browns. I think they, I think they finish with a better record. But the possibility is there that they finish, the Steels will be fourth in the division for the first time since 1999. First time since 1999. I mean, we're talking, you know, 20, 23 years, technically, on, on like by calendar years or 22 seasons. That, and, and this, this is why also when I looked at these stats, the idea that Tomlin needs to go is ludicrous. Just his coordinators need a change, including Terrell Austin, who I've been talking about on the other show they do for BTC, touched down under with Marky D. 100%. A Terrell Austin should be on the hot seat. Canada should go this, this offseason, without a doubt. But the fact that Mike Tomlin has never even come fourth in 16 years of coaching, you've got to give him a bit of time. You've got to put your faith in him. This team, this is a rebuild right now for the Steelers. It might not seem like it. Mason Cole is your starting center. Chooks of Corafor got paid a big deal because there was no other tackles in free agency. We do not have a number one cornerback. You have, look at your starters on, you look at your key playmakes on offense. George Pickens is a rookie. Deontay is not a 20 plus million dollar um, wide receiver year, and I'm glad they didn't pay him that. But we don't probably have the one of the top 15 to 20 wide receivers in the league. I think Pickens will be a top 10 wide receiver in this league, but he's not quite there yet. Freemuth, yes, he's probably the second, you know, he's in the top five statistically for tight ends. And really, I think he's a top three tight end in the league, you know, with a good offense, but he's on a rookie deal. Najee Harris is finally starting to come good. Um, but, you know, and not that he did poorly last year, he did really well, but he's coming good this season. But this team, like there's promise here with some key acquisitions, a really good draft. They've got like four, I see today, four picks in the top 75 right now if the finish season, if the season finished today. Like think about the Steelers. Like, yeah, probably we, you know, statistically, you know, odds say there's going to be one pick that's a bad pick, but the rest of them will be really good. And if you, if you, you should be able to find three or four or three decent starters. Um, or starters win their first two years in the league at the, those picks. Incredible what this team can do. And a good free agency, a bit more cap, um, cap going up, different guys coming off. I mean, William Jackson, you got to cut a guy like that. You got to cut with a spoon. You go get number one corner. You go get a really good left tackle um, or left guard. Get a veteran center because um, the left tackle or guard, you can get him in the draft. Maybe even that cornerback, depending on how high you're picking, you're laughing. Absolutely laughing. Go get another wide receiver too. It, 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 I mean, this team really will be a lot better. If this, you know, this team has the chance to be a much, much, much better team in 2023 than what they are now. And that doesn't even count the play on the field and, and fixing the coordinator and giving giving Kenny Pickett a full off season to develop. Full off season. 
Um, you know, he, he has had an incredible two years. I talk about this on Touchdown Under a lot. The pressure on a rookie in their final is huge in the two years getting into the league. Their final year in college, all the pre-draft process, then playing 17 or 16 games, depending on what year they were drafted in the NFL, is crazy. Like that, that's, that's a massive amount of stress. There's no let off. Kenny Pickett will have a chance when the season ends to have a bit of a vacation, to rest up. He'll probably still watch some tape. He'll probably, he'll definitely keep fit. He's a, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL, but then he'll come back to work and he'll be able to build and he'll be able to work on things in his game. And he'll be able to analyze defenses. He'll be able to practice against defenses throughout the off season um, as it develops. He'll be able to, he'll understand the process. He'll be able to spend time with people like Ben and his coach, you know, his um, quarterback coaches and stuff like that and consultants. He will build. He and Pickens will get an offseason to throw to each other. Imagine what that's going to be like. They didn't have that this year um, in the same way that what you'd expect of a starting quarterback and one of his best wide receivers. Even more time with Deontay. That might even help. Deontay, it might help Deontay in terms of drops, and it will help him in terms of understanding Deontay's timing. More time with Freemuth. More time with Najee in the short passing game. More time with Connor Haywood. So, as I say, there's a lot of promise, even though... And Mike Tomlin, will, and this is the other thing where he's got more in common with him, he will have more time with these guys as well. So with that, that's going to wrap up part one of this week's show. show. Part two, usual rookie reports coming. We're back on Steelers War Room. I'm your host this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you on the minds of the Steelers front office, headed up by Art Rooney II and Omar Khan uh, as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 or beyond and a roster that it hopefully at some stage in the next few years will be competing for a seventh Lombardi trophy. And so the first Steelers rookie that we're going to be looking at today is, of course, Jalen Warren, the undrafted running back um, out of Oklahoma State. <laughs> I should know that each week, but it's just funny. I lost that one there for a sec. So he had three rushes on the day against Baltimore for 11 yards, average of 3.67, two receptions of three targets for 16 yards. That's an average of eight, catch percentage of 66.7, played 24% of the special team snaps as well. He had a tackle on special teams, um, a combined tackle, um, so no combined tackle, a solo tackle. Um, I mean, was, the combined stat with Pro Football Reference can be really funny when you read it at speed. Um, which overall this season brings him to 206 rush yard uh, rush yards on the season on 42 attempts. Um, so it gives him a yards attempt of 4.9 per average. Obviously, we know he's doing a bit in the blocking game for the Steelers. Um, 12. First downs he's achieved so far on the season, 20 receptions off 23 targets for 167 yards. That's an 87% catch percentage. Um, so the undrafted number 30 for the Pittsburgh Steelers is definitely continuing to prove his worth there as our third to fourth um, running back, really probably third. Some games he's been second. Um, I'm really, he's another guy that's going to show a lot of promise in 2023, 20, I think. Next player on our list is Kenny Pickett. Of course, we knew he went out of the game um, pretty early uh, in, in, in this performance. Uh, he had one attempt, no completions, 
Um, quarterback rating of 39.6 with that. He got sacked that one time. Um, did put him out. I know my colleague on TDU, um, or touchdown under Marky D, Marky Davison, um, was saying that he felt that it looked like it was an illegal hit. I haven't spent time analyzing it. I just hope Kenny can get through the protocol and that Kenny can play this week. Um, because uh, this is a sort of game against the Panthers. It'd be really good for him to see him elevate this offense. If not, you gotta, you gotta play Mason Rudolph in my mind. I, I, I don't know why you're putting Mitch Trubisky in there. He's not the guy. He's not the guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The next player on our list is George Pickens, our six foot three, two hundred pound wide receiver. Um, he had three targets uh, on the day. He, had, he caught all of those balls for one hundred percent, seventy eight yards, twenty six yard average. He had that long um, catch on the day. And that was a plus. It was like a thirty eight yarder. Um, I'm not going to pull that up because I've got many tabs open and get confusing. Um, but disappointing, no touchdown for him. He's only got two on the season so far which kind of like as a Steel fan, you want him to get a bit more. He's just almost on 600. He's on 590 yards for the season, 40 receptions of 64 targets. That's a catch percentage over 62, 1.5%. If he can get that, it's like I said a couple of weeks ago when we did that review about the Steelers receiving core and offense, if he can get 65 to 70% catch percentage on the season, finish with 60 to 70 reps um, or receptions, um, you know, and, and get to eight, nine hundred yards. That'd be an awesome season. He's still kind of on pace to do that. Um, but he's gonna need a couple of he's gonna need a couple of big games. And Caroline Panthers, this is a chance for him to go out there and do it. Um, but yeah, average yards per target's nine point two for him on the season. Now that's pretty cool. Uh, again, it's something that I said um in yards per reception. Um, a 14.8. I said this going into the season, he's a guy that should be averaging plus 12 yards per reception in the league. He's doing that. And it's a pretty solid rookie year considering you got a rookie quarterback and a, the Matt Canada offense, which a lot of Steel fans like myself are not fans on. Yes, he's improving. Yes, there's been some good games that have been called recently, but it's not perfect. They're not winning. There's no confidence. They're not scoring 20 plus points each week after the bye. Next player we're going to list is guy DeMarvin Leal, who was back... Um, Back in this game, he no statistical output from a defensive perspective. He played 15% of the defensive snaps with nine snaps. Um, he played 29% of the special team snaps with six snaps. People thought you'd see a bit more with him with some of the injuries that the Steelers had going into this game. He's almost played a quarter of the defensive snaps on the season so far in games that he's been available for with 23%. That's 112 snaps. And he's only played 14% of the special team snaps with 25 on the season. DeMarvin Leal, this is still a pretty active season um, for what the Steelers generally do with a guy on the defensive line in his rookie year, unless um, they're a bona fide first rounder. And even then, we know how long it took Cameron Haywood to develop I don't think that this, this is poor from Liao. They're adjusting to him. I think, again, in talking about going back to the narrative we talked about in part one of the show, I do think DeMarvin Liao is primed for a big year two, year three, year four with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then we've got Connor Haywood uh, in this game. So he had one target, one reception, 13 yards, no nothing on the rush side, played 20% of the offensive snaps with 11 um, and 15% of the special team snaps with 12. For Cat, for um, Connor Haywood, he's over 100 yards now on the season. One TD, four first downs. He's caught nine out of ten balls on the season as well, which is pretty cool uh, for, from his perspective. Short, some sure hands there, although that's not a that's not a huge amount of targets. 
Uh, on the season so far, for number 83, he's played 65% of the special team snaps and 14% of the offensive snaps on the season. Um, you know, and, and he continues to prove his worth as a steal. Again, he was a seventh, seventh round draft pick, guys. Like, sorry, sixth round draft pick. He is performing what the Steelers usually do with a sixth round draft pick in their rookie year. It's pretty, you know, at the end of the day, he's doing more than what you'd expect. And we should really, you know, look forward to what his growth looks like in year two as, as he grows with Kenny Pickett um, as well. And with that, that wraps up the Steelers rookies. Let's look Let's look over and preview the Carolina Panthers rookies. Now, the first player we've got on this list is a 6'7", 300-pound tackle um, out of Massachusetts. Uh, Massachusetts. Uh, tongue-tied there. Massachusetts. Um, <laughs> you don't have to say that word that much. It's a Aussie. Um, I have heard of it before, of course. Um, but he hasn't played since Buffalo where he played one offensive snap. So we're not really going to go too much into him. Um, Chandler Wooten, uh, was out of Auburn. He was not, he went undrafted. He has played only on special teams so far this season. Uh, and he's played through weeks eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and 14. Um, he's played season high of 70%, uh, in weeks 11 and 12 on special teams. And then a season low of 23% in week eight. He played 61% of the special team snaps last week in the win over Seattle. He has one forced fumble. Uh, he wears jersey number 50, and he's a linebacker uh, there. So more of a depth piece for those for the Carolina Panthers. Six foot three, 232 pounds. As I say, wears jersey number 50 like Ryan Shazier did for us. Then you got Amare Barno. Now, Amare Barno is a defensive end uh, because they play 4-3, have done for years, going back past the Luke Keekley days. He's six foot six, 245 pounds, so he's a big boy. Uh, drafted there out of Virginia Tech was the final college that he played for. No, he went undrafted. Um, no, no, he was drafted, by the way. Um, six round, 189th overall. Definitely someone that was on a few radars late in the draft, um, sort of between round five and seven. I think I had him in one mock. Um, but not going to the Steelers. I mocked him. He kind of even mocked him to the to maybe even the Browns. Um, but anyway, he so far on the season has played a season high of eighteen percent of the defensive snaps in Week Twelve against Denver, and he that that game also he had a high in special team snaps with fifty seven percent. He's got one quarterback hit, one tackle for a loss on the season, one sack, six tackles total. Um, and he's played in 37% of the defensive snaps with 34 snaps on the season, 30% of the special team snaps, and he wears jersey number 90. Next player on the list is Marquin McCall, nose tackle, six foot three, 379 pounds, according to Pro Football Reference, out of Kentucky. Uh, they do not, he went undrafted. Um, he on the season so far has played almost uh, 14% of the special team snaps he's played, 90% of the defensive snaps on the season in terms of snaps available in the games he's played in. He's only missed one tackle. So he has 10 tackles on the season, two pressures, one quarterback knockdown, one hurry, um, and one quarterback hit. He basically has had a season high of defensive snaps of 34% 
both in week six and week nine. Um, he only played 4% last week of the defensive snaps, so two two defensive snaps in the win over Seattle. Uh, played no special team snaps last week, which is interesting because he's played them all going back to week two. Um, but he's a depth piece for them. So you might see him in the trenches. He wears jersey number 78 for the Carolina Panthers. The next player on the list is Raheem Blackshear. He was drafted out of Virginia Tech as well. He's a 5'9", 194-pound running back. Uh, We don't have a 40-yard time on him, which means he didn't go to the combine. He's played... 12% 12% of the offensive snaps on the season so far with 65, 29% of special team snaps with 72. Uh, he has 19 rush attempts on the season for 73 yards, so a fair amount less than Jalen Warren. Um, although Jalen, in fairness, Jalen Warren's got like double that. Uh, six first downs, one broken tackle, two first downs. He has had one drop. Um, and he's also his quarterback's been intercepted on one pass when passing to him on the season. Um, so that's kind of interesting from him as well. He's got two TDs on the year. He has an overall catch rate uh, of eighty percent this season. He's caught eight out of ten balls, and obviously there's one of those balls that he didn't catch was an interception. Um, last week he had four rushes for thirty-two yards, so that was a, an equal season high for him because he had thirty-two yards in the game that they played against Atlanta in week 10. He had one target, one reception for 17 yards, um, and he had one uh, T... No, no TDs, no TDs. But he did have a rushing TD last week, um, playing 19% of the offensive snaps and 18% of the special team snaps. So you may see um, Raheem Blackshear this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He wears jersey number 20. Third final player on our list is their first round draft pick, Ikeem Ekonwu. Ekonwu, sorry. Um, It's first round draft pick, six overall. People thought they might have picked Kenny Pickett there. They didn't. Good for us as the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has played 100% of the offensive snaps on the season. He's played a season high of 21% of the special team snaps in weeks 10 and weeks 14. He wears jersey number 79. From a PFF perspective, because I'm starting to pull them up when we talk about offensive linemen, purely because there's only limited stats that we can pull out of pro football reference. But he's played 779 snaps on the season in total. Pass block, 428, 351 run block. He's been penalized 11 times. He's allowed four sacks, one quarterback hit, and allowed 19 pressures. He's played exclusively at left tackle. He has an overall player grade of 64.9 on the season, a pass block pass blocking grade of 71.1, 71, sorry, flat, and a run blocking grade of 62.6. So you can sort of see how they're using him there. He's tied first in the league for penalties. I think Okorafor was up there. Oh, sorry, Dan Moore was up there as well. Um, he's tied 22nd for sacks allowed and tied 30th for snaps played so he's you know he'd be one of the most left tackles play week in week if they're playing week in week out they're going to be leading in that category and then this is a rookie year from a guy um and a lot of people thought they still might have played him inside um wishing to see how he performs this week against the Steelers pass rush the next guy on the list is also an offensive lineman Cade Mays drafted out of Tennessee a guy that I have on the list for the Steelers in the sixth round fifth round uh six foot six 325 pounds uh, he has played 
no offensive or sorry he's only played um 12 offensive snaps on the season so far otherwise he's been playing on special teams he was jersey number 64 he started two games um but that's more in terms of the formation that he that he was starting in um probably meant that actually didn't really have to kick off but uh anyway um say 12 snaps he nine of those were run block snaps according to pff it says zero pass block so yeah the rest of them must be they've categorized it as special teams um they don't have any interesting here this is pff for you this way can't trust them in a lot of ways zero snaps at lt lg center right guard rt tight end he obviously has played some snaps Anyway, they have him as run blocking unless they had him as a swing tackle. But even then, I would have thought they probably would have given him, they would have labeled that as right tackle, I would have thought. Anyway, they've got a run blocking grade for him of 57.4, an overall grade of 56.6, and they don't have a plus blocking grade for him. And then to close out the show, we've got Brandon Smith, a linebacker out of Penn State, someone who might be familiar to listeners and still fans. Draft in the fourth round, he was sort of thought to be a second to fourth round draft pick. Drafted 120th overall in the NFL draft. He's played on special teams and he has played a few defensive snaps on the season so far. He's played 7% of the Carolina Panthers defensive snaps with 53. He's played 193 special team snaps, 57% of those. So really like a lot of linebackers getting his reps up there. He's only 21 years old. Where's jersey number 40? He's on the season, he's allowed 80% completion rate with four completions on five targets, throwing his toward receivers his way um, for 14 yards. He's missed one tackle. He's got eight on the season so far. He has no tackles for loss, no sacks, no quarterback hits, no force fumbles, no pass defenses. Um, so a bit of work to do with him, but he's a developing linebacker. Uh, certainly this seems pretty fair with what you'd want out of a guy drafted second or fourth round for them. He's probably a guy you would look look to make a difference for them in the years ahead. The Steelers probably won't have to face these guys again for a while. Um, so you may not even see him again while he's on his rookie contract uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And with that, that kind of brings us to a close on this week's Steelers war room. Um, look, I think going back to what I was saying in part one of the show, when you consider... What, Tom, what what I said before about Tomlin not coming forth at all in 16 years. You've got to give him time. And the, and I wanted to raise the fact that Tomlin has more in common with these rookies than what we might appreciate because the reality is, as Steeler fans, we're going through something we haven't gone through in years. There's a, probably almost a whole generation of Steeler fans that have never seen them have a losing season. Um, you know, when you think about the 17, 18 years, like there's some 20-year-olds that haven't really seen this before. Well, well, probably technically not that, but even 20 year olds, when, if you think about what they can coherently remember, this will be the first, potentially the first losing season. And Mike Tomlin, like I'm not giving up hope. Mike Tomlin could still pull out four in a row. It's not, I think it's a lot less likely, particularly if Kenny Pickett's out this week, but it is still possible. But guys, there are many other franchises that finish with one win, two wins, three wins, four wins, you know, struggle to get to five wins. We should close out the season with six to seven or more wins. Pretty good on a rebuild pretty good in a rebuild and yeah okay you can tank and get the number one pick whatever but that's not that's not going to fix your team that that this team right now with everything that's going on think about all the criticism that you might have given them or all the negative things you might have said to a fellow Steeler fan or family member or said on a live chat of a btsc show all those negative things and they're still almost getting to six wins in this nfl think what an offseason and an influx of talent both in free agency and the draft would do for this team. 
And think about not having TJ Watt injured for six, seven weeks. Think about not having the investment of cap in a guy like William Jackson III, um, you know, the whole Tuit scenario as well. Think about that with these guys and chance to develop the young guys to get an offseason together, to get a better offensive coordinator in. It's a very different 2023 season that we're looking at um, in, in the next 12 months ahead. But with that, that's gonna, I'm going to close out this week's Steelers Warren. Thank you for listening. Hope you can tune in to the rest of the BTS C shows, whether on the audio side or on the YouTube and Facebook side of things. Um, We really love the live chat. We've been getting in touch down under recently. Some new faces, some new names, some old regulars, some old favorites, um, and just some really cool contributions uh, as we close out calendar 2022. As always, go Steelers. (laughs) 